Ghosts on a Train. This is a podcast where we play Ghost Lines, an RPG by John Harper. But this time we're not playing it. Uh, and I'm your conductor, Greg, who normally facilitates the game, but I'm not going to be doing that this time. I'm Hannah. I usually play Andrew Anderson, Certified Rascal, but I am also not doing that this time. This is a special episode. I'm Guy. The only certifications I have are IT-based. I usually pay, play Pip. He's not going to be present for this. Uh, I'm Stefan, and I usually play Drix, a uh, real yard cowboy. And uh, yeah, he's not also not going to be here. And we have with us uh, a guest. A very special guest. If you have not heard, <laughs> if you're not familiar with uh, James D'Amato's work in the RPG space, he's got great podcasts, like the One Shot podcast that I've enjoyed listening to for like games that I've wanted to try, campaign podcasts, uh, there's like Star Wars and Skyjacks right now, all the One Shot Network shows as well in, in general uh, he has a hand in, and specifically what he's here for today, another book in, would, would you call it like a series, like an ultimate RPG series? That's what you seem to be framing it as, like as far as books. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd say this is a line of books for sure. Uh, hello, heroes. Uh, thank you all so much for having me. Um, uh, and, and they are all right. You know, we come here with, with different qualifications and we usually do different things. I'm usually the host of One Shot and usually the host of Campaign Skyjacks. But today I am here to join uh, this crew to build a new part of uh, their world using an exercise from my newest book, The Ultimate RPG Game Master's World Building Guide, which is a collection of prompts, exercises, and mini games that uh, break down the process of developing parts of an RPG setting to make it easier and more fun to do. Uh, so we're just going to show off how the book works by taking one of the exercises sizes from it and showing you how it works by playing it together and we're, we're doing world building like this is going to be in the actual show like this is this is present for this is goat cannon ghost on a train cannon yeah this baby is going to be able to fit so many ghosts <laughs> y'all are going to be able to see how it got put together and e even more fun you're going to be able to see how it gets implemented uh i'm really really excited about this and and so grateful for the opportunity to show off uh like how this stuff works you know, in a very real practical sense oh my god we're, we're so grateful you're here again big big fan i'm a big fan i'm gonna ha i'm gonna have an energy this yeah. entire greg time is, greg is uh audibly nervous hey we love energy we love nerves as long as it makes you blurt out creative ideas it's helpful and useful that's valid it's also always fun to hear you talk at twice your normal yes. speed <laughs> hey hey yeah. look that's the thing that's great about not being visual right now uh <laughs> james didn't see what i did the same thing greg did when he said hello heroes <laughs> <laughs> all right james so uh, we, we talked a little bit before we recorded about like the um the exercise this exercise have, have a name yes this exercise is called boom and bust uh this is one of the exercises that i developed for the horror genre uh essentially it is a celebrated trope in uh horror fiction but you know really uh, lots of different kinds of fiction to have a set piece that is a abandoned business, something that used to exist, uh, but has like kind of degraded from its prime to be a spooky shell of its former self. Um, 
And what we're going to do is develop this set piece by kind of walking ourselves through the history of a business and uh, how it came together, what problems it faced while it was in its prime, and what happened to it after it shut down so that we have a cool environment for you to, you know, have adventures in. Excellent. Love that. All right. Uh, now, normally, one of the things that we'll have we have to do is choose the the business itself. Uh, but we actually already happen to know what business this is going to be. We know this is a zoo. Yes. Yeah. Somebody bought a zoo. Somebody bought, Somebody <laughs> bought well. a zoo. The uh, <laughs> the blades in the dark, the Duskfall version of Matt Damon and his family purchased a zoo. Uh, but in this movie, uh, Rachel McAdams is more of a villainous figure and uh, it doesn't quite work out. Um, so we're, we're going to go through the history of that. Uh, the, the fun thing about this, though, uh, is this is somebody's dream. Uh, the reason this zoo exists is because somebody needed this zoo to exist somewhere deep in their soul. Uh, and they were willing to do anything to see that dream happen, uh, which means the land, the the real estate on which this business is built, uh, was purchased, you know, out of desperation, at a deal so that they could make this happen. So the first thing I will need is someone to roll an eight-sided die, and we're going to determine what this zoo was built on top of. I have a dice. Do you want me to roll a dice? Yeah, die yeah. Anyone, anyone who's got it, roll Go it up. Go for it, Hannah. All right. Uh, that's a one. A one? This zoo is built on top of a former mine. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, that's yeah. very fun. <laughs> A lot of that's, terrifying possibilities there. That's yeah. bad for a lot of reasons. Oh, I, yeah, it is. I'm I'm thinking of the general uh, Blades in the Dark setting and like the things they mine. Uh, so that calls a lot into question already. And it's also a capitalist hellscape, so there are definitely so many labor violations and dead people. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. This uh, this is uh, like we we have a lot of exciting opportunities that uh, we wouldn't have, you know, in in another world where there are mines but right now we are concerned with some of the physical details of the mine uh in the structure of, of the place that was purchased uh there are a few things that just couldn't be removed uh it might be due to the people who bought it like not having a budget it might be you know how could you ever remove this particular feature so we're going to talk through some of those these are things that are left over from the mine that the zoo kind of has to deal with. Uh, the first is something that needed to be built around. This is an artifact of this place's darker history that was too large or unmanageable to be removed. Instead, it was awkwardly incorporated into the new space. It is a badly concealed reminder of what this place used to be. I've got an idea if no one else does. Yeah. I have a an image. Yeah, every, let's let's hear those pitches. Yet. Let's hear those pitches and see if we can marry them together. Okay. Okay. Um so, so, minecart track that originally like was extremely dangerous and led to a lot of people being tossed over like de into deep chasms. Mm. Uh they've tried of tried desperately to shut off all of those paths that lead to poor places and instead build cages in places where you can take the minecart to different exhibits. 
Ah, yeah. So it's just like they had these these minecart railways all over the place. And instead of ripping them all up, they're like, well, we're going to just leave some of them around. Maybe we'll even make it a photo op or something. Uh, and we'll actually try to build our own little rail system here to take advantage of it. I, I can I can see that. Yeah. Guy, you had an image. What was our other image? So the image I have in my mind is just like right in the middle of the big top there's like a collapsed I guess elevator and that's sort of like what they use sort of like as the riser so there is just kind of this pit in just like the center of the big top and you've got basically like they cover it up a little bit okay so question are we is this zoo above ground or below ground because I would think that the mine carts if we were going with that would be that i don't know that much about mine that's a good point (laughs) (laughs) this is this is a really really good question i mean there there are all kinds of different mines that we could be working with like that there are strip mines like quarries um that we could be doing there there are the traditional subterranean mines but the thing is there are resources in the world of blades in the dark that you know uh we don't have uh we could take advantage of that like aren't there like big monsters that they like use resources from the bodies of those monsters they just sort of cut parts off of them and then (laughs) grind them up into ghost juice this could be a leviathan mine or even like a fossilized leviathan mine i like that that's cool that's very good they're like famously kind of like um deathless and unending so you could probably mine it for a while as it's just sort of like it's so big would the zoo be in the mine, though? So well, I think we can answer that question with a question. Was this zoo illegal? Oh. I mean, probably. Illegal to who? Yeah, illegal to who? Because, like, is this, are we then implying that this is a private zoo? Because that, that is the only thing I could imagine in oh, illegal no. zoo. Oh, we make Joe exotic? No! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, or, yeah, yeah, it is open to the public. It just does shady stuff. <laughs> you know, if, it's, if we make Joe exotic, you won't feel so bad for... ruining his life that's true well okay we can i feel like we can find a leviathans are very big Mm -hmm. and presumably i feel like the way you'd get like a quote-unquote fossilized leviathan mine is like they're also they're water creatures yeah originally yeah so like one dies and the ocean around it kind of dries up a bit so i think Probably, like, I'm just picturing how the land would look, you know, in a spot where there used to be ocean. I imagine there's, like, a pretty steep depression, you know, like, in the land, not emotionally. So maybe it's not underground, but it's in, like, kind of this. Yeah, yeah. And then so then there's parts of it that you would take those mine carts or the elevator to, to, to get to. Yeah. Yeah. What if this is built into what essentially has become the hollowed out fossilized skeleton of a leviathan and part of it peaks up over uh like underground and like the rest of it has like been dug into and hollowed out below so the map of the zoo like on 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 whatever map that would help you orient where you are it is just in the shape of a leviathan skull that is pretty dope. That is so cool. And so, like, part of the skull sticking up over out of the ground is like, well, we can't get rid of this. <laughs> so we might as well kind of go, 
this is our welcome gate or whatever <laughs> you know they 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 just built around that and yes there are all of these carts as well that that are left over and they've done their best to try and incorporate that uh the next thing uh, that we need is something that is hidden away. Uh, it's a perfectly preserved piece of the past that is kind of waiting to be unearthed. It was built over, uh, uh, boarded up, or sealed off uh, so that it wouldn't trouble people while they're having their zoo experience. So it's got to be something that the Leviathan ate, right? That'd be really fun. Ooh, that makes sense. If it's like, because it, we, we built the zoo in the Leviathan, and they are kind of giant, horrible demon whales. You can't say any variations of I built or bought a zoo. It just makes me think of Matt Damon. <laughs> Keep that energy up. What if it had a parasite? What if it had a parasite that, like, could survive being fossilized so there are one of the reasons the mine originally had to shut down is like if you go the wrong way you open up a room that's just full of awful monsters and like they'll wipe everyone out horrible creatures from like, who knows when <laughs> that is pretty rad i do like that a lot my mind immediately goes to um Return of the Living Dead and Brain Dead because zombie movies they're just fun and there's a scene of basically like even if they're zombies like all of their internal organs are also alive and also want to kill you so maybe it's less of a parasite and more it's just a part of the leviathan like a sen mm. a sentient leviathan kidney. Yeah, or yeah. maybe not sentient, but at the very least, <laughs> living, oh, living and like dangerous. Something, something internal that is not happy about your presence there. I mean, yeah, they're also like eldritch creatures and whatnot. Like we can do whatever we want with them; yeah. they're unknowable. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, yeah, I, I like that. So maybe there are just parts of the system of this creature that that was trapped in the earth that still move. And like, so if you walk into a vein or something, you could just be crushed. Uh, so what they've done is, well, we can't, we don't eat, we don't even know how we would kill this part of the creature and we can't sell it out. Like nobody wants to do any resource harvesting or mining here. So we're literally just, when we find parts of it that are still living, we pour concrete over it and seal it off and pretend it doesn't exist. And then finally, this is something intangible. It is a reminder of the past that hangs over this place like a shroud and can never be removed. It might be a smell, a noise, or even stories that linger endlessly despite the efforts of new ownership to bury them. There's gotta be a smell, right? <laughs> I like the noise. I like the, the idea of just sort of being there and you can always kind of like in the background like hear just like alive like even if you're not consciously aware of it just like the kind of like low rumbling of just like something but how how that's good and that makes sense but but i'm wondering how that reminds you of the past like that reminds you like you're in a living thing i just don't know how much that well um, it could be if we're talking about parts of this thing, like literally still being alive, like what if 
because it's a large creature, it has a pulse. Um, and when its pulse pulses, it moves the earth. So like there is a rumbling, a, a low level earthquake. And what if also the, like we talked a little bit about like parasite monsters being a, a reason that the original uh, mind didn't work out. But like, what if there was a pulse and a collapse and that opened up a monster tube and that killed everyone. So like when you go to the zoo, there are just like certain times of the day, almost like old faithful, the geyser, like reliably there is the pulse of this old Leviathan and they maybe try to cover it up with like zoo announcements, but you can feel it a little bit. You can hear it a little bit. Uh, it's just, it's if you know the history at all, it's impossible to ignore America, that yeah, this yeah. is a Leviathan Some, and I, people died. Here. I really like that. Something else. Yeah. Jumping off that, I think maybe because because we're doing a lot with the Leviathan. We, we haven't done too much with this being a mine where presumably like we have all these crashes and like had to close and like probably some miners died. So maybe like the pulse is accompanied by little ghostly things i don't know uh there's room for ghosts <laughs> i feel like we got in our some ghosts in there but yeah i mean that there are like we, we declare there are ghosts i like them being contextual ghosts yeah. like you know they're not always around um and it's like a problem that you know, maybe uh, uh, the zoo at one point did try to remove these ghosts and it made the problem worse. So that like, again, this is an intangible shroud that hangs over this place. So yeah. around the time of the pulse, maybe you you can hear some of the miners. I mean, maybe if not their last moments or like the, the precursor to the last moments, mm. whatever. Ooh, that, uh, we, we had once um, in for you guys who are on the podcast remember in uduasha um we had like a freaky supernatural thing happen where there was like a, oh the last words rain yeah there yeah. was a rain of people's last words where you were just walking around and you could hear like whispers could do something something like that yeah yeah, yeah like a similar sound thing that accompanies them. as the leviathan's body pulses and remembers it's alive whispers whispers yeah cool cool i like that a lot uh, so there, we, we have the things that could not be removed uh, from, from this place's previous history. And now we're going to go on to define I the, uh, what, the business that it tried to be before that business collapsed. And that, of course, is a zoo. Um, a lot of expense went into building this zoo. And I need us to roll 2d6 to determine how successful it got to be before it inevitably collapsed. All right, Guy, you got your dice right. I, I would like to roll my one-shot dice. <laughs> Ooh. Very fitting. It's, it's very appropriate. And I can tell you honestly that I don't think anything gave me quite as much joy as finding out that they were... Two of them were UV reactive and glowed in the dark. That mm -hmm. that made me ecstatic. Did they roll well? Because they if they keep giving well. you shitty numbers, you could complain to James D'Amato's face. I got right a six now. and a one, actually. I got the six little, and a one. one okay, seven. Up on top. Yes. So, so that is a partial success, uh, which means like it generally did get to be successful, but there was. Uh, 
a major complication that accompanied that success. And we get to choose a, uh, from this list of complications as follows. Um, a major piece of this place remained unfinished until it closed. This place never drew the crowds the owner was hoping to see. This place suffered constant vandalism by people who were upset over the past. This uh, or part of this place required constant maintenance. Otherwise, it would collapse. The owner had to take on a partner who compromised their vision. And there were incidents that had to be covered up. Oh, Just oh like these are so Joe's good. Just like Joey's that again. That doesn't, I don't necessarily want it to be that one, but the partner thing is exactly what happened in Tiger King. I have not seen Tiger King. Don't watch don't, it. Don't, it's bad. He's it's, a bad man. Yeah, he's a bad person. He's a shocker there. Stefan, you haven't said too much. Do you have any preferences? Also, are you, like, alive? No, I'm alive. I'm are you alive. with us? Okay. Oh, he's alive. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Flicker the lights if you can hear us. <laughs> <laughs> We've got enough ghosts already. Or do we? <laughs> no, we don't. That's why we're doing this. See, see. More ghosts. I, I, I do, so I, I, I do like the partner or, or like the crowds. I think those are, those are both interesting. Our crowds, right? Like people, uh, never drawing never the, never, no, 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 never the crowds. It was, um, like the problem, like a problem version for its past, was it? Where it was like, Oh, is that yeah. the vandalism? Um, yeah, Vandals, there could be vandalism Vandals. from people who are upset about the past. Yes. So, like, I would imagine people related to folks who died in the old mining company or, you know, any any number of things. That, that, like, something like that. I could think would the vandalism fit. be by ghosts? Oh, <laughs> yes, of course oh, it could be. Slap, actually. Yeah, like, I'm here it's for it. actually haunted. Yeah. No, no, that's, that's good shit. That's, that, that's, 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 that's we've seen that already. Okay. Vandals. <laughs> oh, I like that. Okay, let's let's figure out the perspective of these ghosts. Then, what, like, sort of acts of vandalism are the ghosts performing? What are they trying to express? Do they have a goal? So, based on our previous experiences and ghost lines. A lot of the ghosts that we've encountered sort of like kind of run like on loop of like the last sort of things that they went through. Like they've got some kind of particular focus. I like the idea of like even though there's like all of this space and everything sort of like set up around them, they keep trying to reopen the mine. Interesting. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned like a, being on a loop of their last moments. I kind of think like part of that could just be they are trying to get out of the mine and get everyone out of the mine oh, that's before they die. Oh, that's I think very the ghost telling not you it's great not safe, but for a zoo. Out of you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, especially with the animals. Oh my the god, the cages just yeah. swing open. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, open every oh, door. That's really good. <laughs> This is why James is a professional. Yeah, that's a massively, <laughs> massively inconvenient ghost. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh. It is, like, really the one thing you don't want as a person operating a zoo. <laughs> mm -hmm. What if every single cage opened all at once? 
but the the other thing that, that this implies, though, because this was a partial success, that is the only complication, which means the facilities of this place are pretty good. Like this is bet like they did cut some sort of corners in a few places. A few things could never really be dealt with. But apart from that, this is a really ambitious and impressive structure uh, before it collapses, um, uh, which gives us a lot of freedom as we define three or four iconic aspects of this place. Um, the first is the tower. That is a piece of this place's architecture that looms large over the rest of it. This could be seen from almost any location on the campus, obviously, excepting uh, places that are underground. Uh, it's the kind of attraction that would have been printed on postcards and promotional posters. What was it? I kind of feel like it's got to be the skull. We've got the skull. We've got the skull. Like, but but have they done, of... they've probably done something with the skull, maybe, yeah, to make it. Because yeah. we, we, we've had them like, oh, we pretend it's the archway because we can't. Get rid of the Leviathan, but maybe they've done something to gussy it up a little bit. There's a point at the crown of the skull uh, from which you can, like, do something along the lines of bungee jumping, maybe? (gasps) (laughs) Let's get some more ghosts in this (laughs) It's over the pit. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah it's over all the you daredevils. pit you're coming to our leviathan zoo you love adventure come on <laughs> i i think that's a great stupid gimmick so yeah it's this big bungee jumping platform um that's been dressed up in in some way over a pit into an abyss uh it's great what a what a great thing! I could see that being everywhere. Truly, has never um, been a problem cool. before. Oh God, mm-hmm. bungee jumping when there's no sun, so it's just totally dark. You are literally <laughs> just jumping into a at a bit. They probably have jumping lights. Lamp to lamp. They probably have lights. But yes, at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. It's I a like the well, yeah, at the very bottom. <laughs> yeah. What? What? Like either? Like what if it is a a ring of animal enclosures that you're looking at? Or, you know, it's just a pit, but they have, like, kind of dressed it up with neon lights. So as you're jumping, it's like this kind of wild rainbow tunnel that rushes oh, around yes. you. Yes. That's dope, yeah. That's, That's so cool. good. Oh, it's going to be so yeah. fun when the ghosts attack and that gets all weird, too. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Greg, this one's for free. Um, so then we, we uh, have the symbol. This is a logo or a mascot that appeared on signs, posters, and statues all over the campus. You know, this is the sort of thing that, like, as this place is dilapidated, we're going to find this on doors. We're going to find this on merchandise that is, like, blowing around. Levi the Leviathan. No! (laughs) Boo. He's a he's a level but level mascot. Mm-hmm. Levi the Leviathan. I'm gonna kill you. You can buy plushies of him. You can uh <laughs> I, I love Levi the Leviathan <laughs> because when I picture this mascot and when I picture a Leviathan, I picture a Leviathan as being a horrific beast that has too many eyes. So now I'm a picture I'm picturing that, but it's too many friendly cartoony eyes that we're seeing you know they've got the shine on them they're a little they're a little round and like whatever artists they hired to come up with this did their best they really really did it is still leviathan so like it's it can only go so far 
something to like a similar energy of a Furby. Not like looking like a Furby, but feeling like yeah. a Furby. This was designed to be cute, but I can't accept it as such. <laughs> that is way better than my idea. There are so many different like themed versions of this mascot. Like this mascot, like there's one for the bathrooms. There's one for the food court that's like holding French fries and a soda. What does there, what does the bathroom the, Leviathan look like? <laughs> well, uh, it tells you it, it like I, I don't I honestly don't know if Duskfall uh, uh, separates things based on gender or whatnot. But like you kind of look at this picture of a cartoon in Leviathan and it really puts in stark relief how complicated our ideas of gender are because you go. <laughs> Am I the Leviathan with like the tentacles or the <laughs> Leviathan with the teeth? I'm I'm not sure what this is trying to tell me. <laughs> they did not have the courtesy to write below them either. You just have to know yes. the symbols. <laughs> yeah, the contract that they had for the designs from this artist did not allow for revisions. So they're like, yeah, make a men's room and a women's room for us or whatever. And what comes back are these two different Leviathans and the owner's like, I don't know what this means. <laughs> we have to use them because we paid for it. It doesn't just print it and put it up. All, I don't care. We're all just going to pretend really hard that this makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And nobody's hassled in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, are you telling me I'm not the teeth Leviathan? Tell me, yeah. make your argument for that. <laughs> yeah, because like there's a chance if you do speak up that you're the one that like <laughs> It's like, no, what are you doing here? <laughs> you just, you oh, just have yeah. to roll with it. Excellent. I, I, I like it. This, so this is a fun mascot that makes everyone question their gender. And <laughs> what what a oh, delight. It, it adds more questions than answers as, you know, mm-hmm. everything in Blades in the Dark. Questions that you don't want to think about, but you have to anyway. So the next uh, that we, thing that we need to define is the promenade. This is a massive public space uh, that's meant to accommodate a very large number of people. And it's the sort of place designed for human traffic, so it is very unnerving to see it unpopulated. My strategy for this is just to immediately start talking and saying the first thing I think of while the rest of you like organize your thoughts. Um, what, what if, so I'm picturing like lining this this pit uh our cages sort of going around in a circle um and sort of the center of the circle is supposed to be where people mill about and it's this big open space and back in the day uh there were like vendors selling cotton candy and like levi the leviathan plushies i don't fucking know um a big levi the leviathan statue oh a giant levi the leviathan statue yeah (laughs) you can you can sit in the tentacles (laughs) this is so awful (laughs) i love it That, that that's great that's great so so yeah there there's just like a lot of open space here and you know it is in very stark relief how unpopulated it is which brings us to the next one and that is the labyrinth it's a part of this place infamous for being difficult to navigate and full of places to hide uh like a hall of mirrors a hedge maids or a sculpture garden we have those mine carts and the tunnels but they were also yeah. utilized like as part of the zoo. So it's not just like the spooky mines. There's like some part of the zoo 
that uses those tunnels. You know how in I don't know how recently you guys have been to a zoo, oh, but um, well, I know you've been to the zoo. It's been like a year and a half. You know how at zoos there are like the big cages outside, but then there are also those like separate rooms where they keep like the reptiles and the bugs and the stuff that has to be like in low lighting. Mm. What if they use the tunnels for that? Oh, that's awesome! We've got all these people and lamps and stuff in the pit, but then in in the tunnels, that's where that's the reptile. Yeah, that's where you see snakes and shit. Got you, got you. Snakes and insects and. Probably an aquarium of some kind. Yeah, an extremely yeah. elaborate petting zoo. And and like, what if these tunnels? These tunnels have like been pulled out for for mines, so that they were like mining particular veins of resources uh, out of this leviathan bone. And I have to imagine like there are some things about leviathan bone that like, yeah, this is too hard to punch through, so we have to take this circuitous route to continue to follow this resource and whatnot. So. Like, as you retrofit those, it's just the most awkward thing. But it's like, well, this is really convenient. So we have to use this space because it's structurally sound and you can get to it. So like wandering around and trying to connect one place to another, it's impossible. Even if you have a map in front of you, it's so, so easy to get lost. Mm -hmm. Which I imagine was also a problem when the mines were active. I imagine miners would find themselves like lost down those tunnels all the time. Absolutely. With what we have established and what we know so far, just between like all of the collapses and everything, those are also impossible to map out. Like they would just shift constantly Mm -hmm. and like so there might be multiple entrances one day and then like only one the next it's it's i like that we also like the animals get out sometimes we've established so i imagine there are just like snakes and insects like in the like they i they're Uh, probably they can't wrangle every every single one back there's definitely like stuff that is in there yeah, I, I like the idea that maybe this was a kind of ambitious thing that like they had set up these enclosures and maybe it even opened and operated for a while. But yeah, those pulses shifted these rooms around. So like things got out and it was hard to recapture them. They had to seal places off to avoid the monsters that are hidden up in there. And so now modern day, it is a jumble of like some of these rooms have crashed together. Some of these rooms have been like torn asunder and you can still go down in there. Um, uh, and there are just ghosts everywhere and like probably animals that escaped and just kept on living down there everywhere uh wild stuff uh so now we have to work our way through the collapse of this place um so to fit like a horror theme the dream has to decay and die uh so we need first to roll a d6 uh, to figure out the major reason the zoo closed Stefan, you gotta die ready yeah i got you Metal dice. That's a one. <laughs> That's a natural disaster. Yeah! <laughs> What's up? Woo! The collapse was literal, baby. <laughs> yeah, what do we like? What 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 kind of natural disaster did this place in? What kind of natural disaster did this place get? I like a plane. Could be something that would happen along a, a coast. Most of the cities are yeah, coastal was, in this thing. This is a sea creature. I was going to say it's probably close to the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, Could be a flood. 
I'm just going to throw plague out into the mix. No, no, no talking about plagues for another no, two no, years. No, 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 no. We're, yeah, we're, we're, we're too <laughs> we're busy good. living that. Fair enough. <laughs> we, we've got a moratorium on plagues, thank you. I'm, I'm vetoing that. <laughs> I will not make plague media. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, yeah, like a, a yeah. flood. Yeah. Maybe. Flood sounds good. Yeah. I like that unless there are other pitches. Uh, only other thing that pops to my mind is like a tidal wave. That would also yeah, be cool. Which that's would dramatic. cause a flood. That's just cause floods. Flood. That's just floods with more spice. That is well, floods with yeah. spice. <laughs> I, I think we've got it. It's a spicy flood. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, I, I think a flood hit this place, uh, and you know, I, I think let's say it took out kind of everyone who is associated with this place the the local government is as strong as local government is in the world of blades in the dark was like we have other priorities <laughs> than this zoo so the zoo is just shut down there's no leadership uh things are wrecked up by the the force of the tidal wave that hit and the standing water that's everywhere and you know what parts of the landscape got washed up by the flood and a lot of the animals were probably still around. Uh, the thing that we uh, did put in for ourselves to make this, uh, I'm going to say less tragic and more Jurassic park is we've set up that these ghosts just open doors occasionally. So, so we have a zoos full of animals like slowly as ghosts open doors those that survived the initial flood and tidal wave just get out and survive in this bizarre mini ecosystem yes. that everyone who has some a power to do something about it just goes it's too much trouble to deal with we'll, we'll put up some some caution tape and call it a day that is, all right pitch that is also they are commingling with the with the animals that were echoed in the ghost field. So we have ghost animals and living animals that have like. Yeah, I, I imagine. Of course. I imagine the, the the immortal emperor would probably be like, "Yeah, just build the lightning barrier to exclude this one. Like, move the lightning barrier. Fuck this zoo." I I think I I like better that there are plans to move the oh, lightning we barrier. Oh, <laughs> yes. Government. That is very, very Blades in the Dark, very Ghost yes. Lines, I think, where all the government is bad. All of it. Anytime you get somebody who is like well-meaning, like, no, we just need to move the lightning barrier a little bit. It will solve a lot of local problems. Uh, that type of person is never going to respond to the local gangs uh, that want to manipulate them. And they always will. Well, look, let's kill this person, get a new person in because we need someone to deal with our bribes. <laughs> But yeah, Stefan, also do love the idea of, like, half-ghost animals. <laughs> Wait, I don't know is if that that's what a, you're implying? I don't know if that's a possible thing, but it is neat. If it's wait, a, wait, why not? Sure. Hey, that it worked for Danny rad. Phantom. It did work for Danny Phantom! <laughs> it wouldn't be the same. <laughs> yeah. What, yeah, like, what if uh, we've got ghost, like, animal parents raising young animals yeah. like, they, they don't they don't have their parents they're the ghost animals that's so sweet i, I do i do there is something that I, I genuinely love what if there are some animals that can just kind of naturally breed with ghosts um i i don't know what we, they are but well, so so blaze in the dark has the hunting pets right that's yes. of, and they can they can you you have jimmy i have one yeah, yeah that can it's like an animal that can interact with ghosts we <laughs> 
We've never seen a. We've never seen it. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have ghost dog puppies. It's gonna be great. Well, that. I mean, this is kind of perfect too for the underground exhibits. Like, this is definitely what happened with them. I have to imagine a lot of the animals that have the ability naturally to interact with ghosts would just be in these chaotic tunnel systems. Uh, so it makes a lot of sense that, yeah, there are not only it's rife with ghosts, uh, both human and animal, but in the tunnels, there are these weird, almost emergent species of ghosts, <laughs> or I guess maybe emergent breeds of ghost yeah, creatures. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Very cool. Um, the the question related to, to this tidal wave then is what permanent scar did the closing of this place leave on the property? You have something? Or nope. are, you, are you just going to start talking? I'm just thinking about the cool pet I'm going to get out of <laughs> when we come here in the game. Yeah, permanent scar. What permanent scar? I like the idea that the skull, like the big kind of thing, just kind of has like teardrops. Like it, there's just like perpetual waterfall, just like no one knows how it's like still got Ooh. water in there, but just like oh. just the imagery is delicious. Okay, I think I've got I think I've got like a pitch as far as like how we can how we can like expand on that a little bit. Inside the pit at the very bottom, some people swear when they're bungee diving they can see stars. Uh, <laughs> the way the way that the Oh, are you saying that there are people who still go to this abandoned zoo to bungee dive? Oh, yes, actually. <laughs> Ooh, urban explorers and all that. Okay. <laughs> it is, there is definitely, definitely like a 50% casualty rate. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it wasn't safe before. <laughs> this, this is, Blades in the Dark is already Dickensian. Like, oh, yeah. There is a mortality rate they're gonna with be everything dumb, that happens. They're also going to be dumb teens no matter where you go. <laughs> so, so yeah so seven you're saying so like, like stars like so like, like yeah like void like sea the void sea. yeah the void sea stars so at the bottom of the pit you can see the void sea that's a blaze in the dark thing there's yeah. stars at the bottom of the ocean yeah yeah and like as yeah. the as the leviathan like continues to like function it like pumps that it pumps the void sea water like through and around and it drains back into the pit after coming out okay, of the island okay and that's why it's eternally crying I like this a lot. Um, I kind of think now the bungee dive, like like the post-zoo bungee dive that exists, the, the neon lights that they had set up in that tunnel um, are kind of like ghostly expressions of themselves where they feed off the ghost energy. So there is a time, if you go to do a jump at a particular time, that those lights will still be there. And the dive itself feels like two to three times longer than it ever was when it was running. And at the bottom, you see you see the sea stars. Like it is just that's the best time eerie nonsense. Sneak into this abandoned zoo. Ooh, the time <laughs> the time when the Leviathan used to rumble, maybe. Or does it yeah. still rumble? It probably still rumbles. Mm, it, probably still rumbles. it probably still rumbles. But like, but like that's how you know you've got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, you, you, you wait for that and like jump and maybe even if people don't see it from the top, you definitely see the lights come on as you're you're falling yeah. down. And that's great. Uh, so now we just need to figure out the decay of this place. Uh, first things first, we got to decide how many decades this place has remained abandoned. So we could 
we could just knee jerk be like five decades because that's like about blades in the dark to ghost lines time but like this could have been a dilapidated one before that i I don't know if anybody's married to it i actually like the idea that it's been abandoned more recently i also kind of like that because we only recently heard about it Mm. that's true well like what about action park um Uh, in in New Jersey, how long has, has had that one been closed down? Let me find out. Actually, closed twenty four years ago. Twenty four years. Okay, so yeah, like two two decades and some change. Yeah, like I like the idea that this place was like kind of the eighties wild frontier of of these sort of amusement park attraction uh, type places. Um, the world in which this was built was just a different world than the one that we have now. Uh, so yeah, uh, let's, let's do, I, I will need three D six, uh, rolled. I'll roll this time. Greg is last. Yes. All right. Here's your dice pouch. Thank. Roll that dice. Roll them. Uh, nine total. Uh, we, we don't need a total. I need to, the individual results. One, three, and five. One, three, and five. So the forces that have decayed this place over the 30 or so years uh, that it's been closed are weather, nature, and rot. Um, yep. All very good so, for what we have set let's, up. <laughs> let's, let's address these individually. Uh, weather are, it would be forces like wind, rain, flooding, sunlight, uh, changes places, uh uh, the way this place looks, making it appear strange and filthy. So what what do we think, what do we want to focus on for how this place shifted due to weather? Oh, we did cover the natural disaster. I, I like the idea of just like dry riverbeds, or riverbeds. There's just like indications of like just whatever was dragged in from the water. Yeah, I like that a lot. I, I think since we've got this crying leviathan skull too like what if there's like sediment and drudge every time there is a significant rainfall or something like more and more of that water bilges out and spills off so there's like always kind of a fresh flowing uh dry bed of debris that this place has cool nasty place (laughs) so it's literally a corpse which is already nasty yeah (laughs) yeah the the next is nature, which we have a lot of fun to play with here. Plants and animals have overgrown different parts of this place, bringing outdoor ecosystems inside. Uh, let's go, let's go hog wild on this. What what what's our vision for the way nature is overgrown? Full this on place? Jurassic Park three, just like everything is loose. Yeah, the animals yeah. are out of their cages and reproducing. There have been a couple generations past. They're just fucking everywhere. Yeah, oh, like stuff is yeah, grown. Just everything like, is overgrown. Like nasty, nasty I, plants that grow inside of a leviathan. Yeah. God, what plants grow inside well, of a leviathan? I think like, some not, kind not of normally vines. I imagine, but like no, yeah, I get, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, honestly, I think like whatever leviathan are so big. Um, and they've got like weird light inside them. I could imagine that like clogging a Leviathan's arteries might be a coral formation or something yes. like that. Like weird, weird stuff 
that is like from the ancient past in this creature that can't really die is still hanging around. So like there is like 300 million years ago ecosystems that are just like occasionally blurting out into the outside world here. And also people thought the animals from this zoo would have just perished in in the uh, tidal wave or whatever. That's really not the case. A lot of them are thriving, which is bizarre and terrible. So yeah, there is like overgrown plants. There are plant and animal species that haven't been identified for like eons, true eons loose in here. And there are emergent breeds of like, maybe some modern animals are breeding with ancient animals. Maybe some ghosts are breeding with living animals. Like this is a weird Galapagos Islands nightmare. (laughs) Horrible supernatural animals. Yeah. Yeah. I like the image too of the cages being completely overgrown by plants now. Mm-hmm. A very small thing and a very easy to come up with thing, but I feel like I feel like that that feels right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, very. Oh, I I love this very much. <laughs> Hell uh, yes. The last, of course, is rot, uh, rust, mold, and other forces eat away at some part of this place, causing it to warp and break. I feel like rust feels really like it feels feels really apparent there. I feel like extending on like what we already have, I think only sort of the man-made, like the stuff that was brought in to make it a zoo, that's all the parts that are decaying. Like all of the natural the stuff Levi is statue. thriving. Oh no! No, yeah. the Levi statue! <laughs> like th- this is literally just nature has won in this space and is like just slowly reclaiming it. It is only, you know, man's hubris that is getting overcome i love it which does make all of the levi paraphernalia look even more horrific than it did really it just made them more accurate (laughs) (laughs) you're not wrong yes yeah it went from like creepy cute to uncanny valley can't wait for our characters to see that and just fucking hate it Uh (laughs) uh-huh yeah so that is that is boom and bust which that was great oh my gosh that was super yeah. fun. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. The, I the, this is this is a nightmare zone. I can't imagine why you are being sent to this place. Uh, 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 well, they are they are uh, <laughs> we're ghost hunters. Ghost hunters. We somebody yeah. somebody's got to clean it. Maybe maybe some official has been like, "I'm gonna do it if I if we clear it out, then we can move the lightning bear." <laughs> some like really ill advised mm. <laughs> idea. <laughs> It is gonna be a yeah. fucking horrible time for oh, us. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's gonna be oh yeah, the I'm worst. So and I'm excited. so excited. I, you, you, we've handed him so many monsters to throw at us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm deeply concerned about all of you, but I, I think, uh, what a place to die. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Hey, or what a place to get a new ghost pet. <laughs> or what a place mm-hmm. to get a new ghost pet. <laughs> They're not going to let us take any of our ghost pets on the train. No. Candace isn't going to let us have the ghost pets on the train. 
Candace would kill us. Hey, that that sounds like the words of a quitter. You have to figure out a way to sneak these new, dangerous, and untested ghost pets onto that train. Yeah, that's where you love them. Where's that? Yeah, don't don't say you can't you. do it. It'll be part of like an adventure. We'll see if you can do it. You I mean, like that's basically just how hamsters became a pet. Like I've mm. I've told this story before, but literally, just I think it was the University of jerusalem but they just found syrian hamsters they brought them back they bred like crazy because they're rodents and then they ended up with so many they literally just handed them out across the world of just like hey these make great pets all like golden syrian hamsters are descended from like two it's spectacular these when you have one of these horrible nightmare hybrid beast you can just say this is essentially a hamster exactly <laughs> a hamster yeah this is a, a hamster to can breed with the dead but <laughs> sneak into the hot tub sneak oh. on our ghost pets <laughs> the hot tub on the train with weird haunted fish please please don't put like the dead undead animals in the hot tub I well, can't even imagine the smell. I, again, that sounds like quitter talk. We'll, we'll see how that goes. I, I, I'm getting the sense we probably don't have time for another exercise, but I mean, it depends. On, it depends on your format. Um, uh, we, we could like I, I, I could probably have time before I wrap up work today to to do one more. Uh, and and this, this will be an easy one. So yeah, we'll, we'll we'll build we'll build a conspiracy. See see what this goes. Okay, so this is going to be a lot simpler uh so i have these different factors that will affect the conspiracy and all i need you to do is arrange them in uh the priorities that you have for them from most important aspect of the conspiracy to least important and so those factors are the size of the conspiracy the influence of the conspiracy the ideological danger of the conspiracy the supernatural connection uh, or the connection to the supernatural the conspiracy has and the dedication of the different members of the conspiracy. So just arrange which of those uh, do you think should be the highest priority is most important, most fun to you and which is the, the least important, least fun for you. Ideological danger kind of interests me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like obviously supernatural connection should be, should be up there, but yeah, like we got it's, we've, we've got, we've, we've always got ghosts, but like the people yeah. we gotta watch out for. Like generally like stuff we've come across, like people we've had to watch out for have been supernaturally connected in one way too. So it's like and also more dangerous than the actual yeah. ghosts typically. Okay. So we're, we're going to go with ideology as priority, priority one. And it sounds like priority two is supernatural connection. Sounds good to me. Yeah. All right. So um, for uh, three, four, and five, uh, the remaining aspects are size, influence, uh, and dedication of membership. I really like, um, or at least I think my my little um amateur detective would get a kick out of a big conspiracy uh, i too would like a the size in the three spot yeah yeah i kind of All like right. dedication in the bottom i kind of like this being i kind of like this being a very loose 
organization. Everyone's in the Illuminati, but like they're kind of <laughs> about it. You know? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Open. It's like there's 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 like there's your people who are like real gung ho about it, but generally it's like oh yeah, you know, I so do that, it on the weekends. So be influence in the four spot. All right, perfect. Uh, so that that check out. What I am going to do, I'm going to read the prompts that are attached to the choices that you've made, and in light of those, uh, we are going to like get a rough idea of what this conspiracy looks like, and uh, then we'll leave it in in your GM's capable hands to decide how it shakes out. Uh, so let let's start uh, with with the high. We'll move from high to low. Um, Ideological danger. This group aims to reforge the world into a terrible new version of itself. They seek to erode virtues, seize power, and permanently transform society into a machine for misery and horror. And I really need you to think of the context of that in Ghost Lines, uh, because society is kind of already there. So... Uh, but I kind of feel like society is there almost by accident. So, like, really, th- this group ideologically believes in terrible things. That's that's what that's essentially what they want um, is to make things worse. Uh, next, we have their connection to the supernatural. This conspiracy has access to magic spells, monstrous creatures, supernatural powers, and their command of these forces might not be complete, but they have enough to make themselves dangerous. So yeah, they have access to supernatural stuff for being part of this conspiracy. Their size... This organization is large enough that it has total control of a concentrated area like a town, or it has membership in scattered pockets spread out over a large area like a country. So you can decide if there is a hint of uh, this place kind of all over your game world, or if there's just an Innsmouth where everybody who is part of this happens to live in this one place. Next is influence. Uh, This organization has enough resources to produce weapons and equipment that make themselves dangerous given time. Uh, They might have influence over one or two people in positions of authority, but uh, they are mostly disconnected from outsiders, which starting to suggest to me that like, yeah, this is an isolated town and they might have a lot of influence within their area, but not much else. And finally, we have dedication. The majority of members of this organization are involved for logical and selfish reasons. They only listen to their superiors because they believe this conspiracy will somehow benefit them. Uh, Similarly, uh, very few are willing to personally get their hands dirty and will walk away from difficult tasks. There might be a few true believers, but they are the exception and not the rule. I like that makes a lot of sense also considering yeah. ghost lines like if i'm gonna make the world worse it better, it better be because it's better for me <laughs> yep yeah i kind of feel like just hearing all of these various factors i like the idea that like we, we talked about the illuminati earlier um what if this is like 
one of those secret societies for the wealthy and powerful where, you know, they have a retreat village, like a, a place that they go to to be wealthy and powerful and do weird semi-occult stuff. And most of them, like this is networking. This is how I network at at an orgy in a mask. Like, you know, it's it's what I do to to get ahead and stay ahead because this is what the people that I need to make connections with do. But there are people who are actually actively doing things to fundamentally change the world in a beyond apocalyptic way. Because I want to point out for ideological danger, a step down from the one that you selected is we want to end the world. So this is yeah, so, worse than ending the world is what so these people worse want than to ending do. the world and kind of on a whim. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I think a few people know what's going on. A few people know like what actually this is, and the rest of them are just here because this is what wealthy and powerful people do. I want Lottie Dalmore to be. I absolutely. In okay, Greg. Greg, I need the Dalmore family to have been involved in this. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So no, Done. James Mono doesn't know what that means, but you you note it down. Uh, that's cool. It's recorded. It is recorded. Yeah, no, I dig that, especially because we've already done a good amount of evil aristocracy around. I'm just, I, my brain rebels from the thought of something that's worse than ending the world. What can that possibly be? What what if it's lowering the ghost? What if it's taking out the barrier? What if it's saying like, oh yeah, the natural state is is not to be protected from from these horrible horrors. Let's it's coexist. to embrace them. I'm not gonna lie, I have a great idea for that actually. Okay. Okay. Annie Tompkins is infiltrating and has seeded that idea of taking down the ghost barrier because it will leave specifically one country in a better position than everywhere else. Sounds legit. <laughs> it doesn't even sound like, like, it, it sounds like that's what this group's core ideology is. It's just you're getting involved because, like, oh, yeah, I can see a practical reason to do that. <laughs> yeah. There are, like, a couple of people who are really gung-ho about actually doing this and actually believing, like, this is the natural state. Everyone else is just kind of there. That could be good for me, actually. Yeah. <laughs> if, if the barrier was down... I'm good, actually. <laughs> yeah, um, I can I can handle myself. Actually. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of people that are like, they're not actually going to do it. We're never going to get around I to it. I think that's probably a lot. Of Most it. Of I think that's, I, that's, that's I think that's the level of like the dedication, of right? Like that's probably about like I, God, it's like with it's, it's like, like with, with Brexit. Yes, I didn't think it would actually yes, yes, that's <laughs> exactly that is exactly I didn't think it would actually I happen. <laughs> I, I yeah. just voted yes because I didn't think it would happen. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that definitely like and I kind of think it it it's not that because like we've said with the with the influence of this group and really the dedication of this group, it's not like if a senior member of the cult instructs you as like a, you know, mayor or alderman, you can't go, "Hey, I need you to switch off your barrier" because you'd go, "No, what are you talking about?" Uh it, it, it's it's much more insidious. It's like, hey, I would really like it if you took the maintenance budget for the barrier and put it towards, you know, this development project. We can always kick that can down the road. And it's like kind of very subtly, the true believers of this cult are like putting off 
taking care of valuable infrastructure to the point where eventually and inevitably people will invest in their own self-interest before they invest in the things that they need to actually maintain society. And these barriers will come down, reforging the world in like the weird kind of occulty and a, a, like occult themed uh, uh, version of like, yes, soon we will mix with a higher essence and <laughs> achieve new form. And everybody's like, yeah, whatever. We're Woo! really drunk and super rich and watching some very messed up form of entertainment. We, whatever we have to say to keep doing I this. Just watch it's a like, man die. It's, it's cool. like Kingsman. Oh, it's, it's like Kingsman. Yeah. And also, I wonder, I wonder if this, uh, this conspiracy has anything to do with the reason that um, we haven't put the zoo outside the barrier yet. If there, definitely a really good could be yeah. a connection here. If they're hoping that the the zoo will like the zoo is the perfect inside. ecosystem. This is what we're going for. Mm. Yeah, yes. Yes. this could be us. It's a glimpse of the terrible future that they want. It's 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 a proof of concept essentially. Yeah, it's also super like like. I could see the right kind of crazed megalomaniac being like, look at all these new species, all of this scientific, like, marvels that are happening there. Like, don't you want that? And then most people are like, no. But, like, I could see how it would appeal to that very specific type of person. So we're making our own Elon Musk. Yep. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> James, I don't, I don't imagine you expect it. I mean, granted, these are all supposed to come together to build a world. I think this is uh, a good sign of how strong these exercises are that we've yep. sort of combined. We, we found connections between the two. Yep. I mean, that is literally, if, if you read this book, that is uh, how I believe world building works. That is my philosophy of doing it. So the fact that these two worked together so well. That just means it's working as intended. Yeah. So li listeners out there, if, if you enjoyed this journey that we went on, these are just two uh, of the exercises in this book. Yeah. How many do you have? Uh, you know, I, I haven't actually counted them up. Uh, it is, let's see, one, two. Uh, it's about six exercises per genre, four primary genres and one genre neutral section. Oh. So... Like uh, a substantial number of, of, of these exercises. Um, and, you know, the great thing is you can redo a lot of these and get different results. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure you could go uh, through boom and bust again and end up with a completely different, weird, creepy environment. Zoo is one of the options uh, built into those businesses. But there are so many other businesses uh, that you could go with. Um, and, you know, for, for this, we went with uh, two horror exercises, which I, I think are uh, very, very related to Blades in the Dark. But there's also the punk exercises. Uh, I, I think either the fantasy or, 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 or sci-fi exercises could have been used uh, oh, yeah. for this. So plenty of good stuff. Uh, listeners, if you like this, you can go to bit.ly slash ultimate world building and, and find a list of vendors uh, to pick up your own copy. It is sold wherever books are sold. And that includes all major uh, brick and mortar re uh, retailers like Barnes and Noble. Uh, you can also uh, go to uh, your favorite independent brick and mortar retailer uh, or friendly local game store. In those cases, I always recommend that you call ahead uh, to make sure that they can uh, special order it if they need to, because it, it's better to put in the extra effort to, yeah. to buy from one of those places. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 
uh, the, the, this book is definitely easy to get. Uh, and I, I really hope everyone had fun uh, both oh, playing yeah. from it and uh, listening to the experience of it. I can't wait for everyone to see how this stuff uh, <laughs> uh, plays out in the game itself. Absolutely. That link is going to be in the description to make it easier to find. This was, of course, yeah. I, I cannot speak for the listeners, but this was an absolute absolute blast to play thank you so much yeah. thank you for coming on james it was really so fun much, james. again thank you so much for having me thank All you right. so much once again yeah. thank you thank you so much we'll, this we'll, was awesome. we'll be back we'll be back next yeah. time with actual ghost out of train content and sooner rather than later incorporating uh what we've world builded here yeah. bye, bye. See ya. support james back to his best clone pride of Pasquale is now arriving Please allow all passengers to exit the train before boarding. This has been Ghosts on a Train, a podcast with the Faustian Nonsense Network, where we played Ghost Lines, an RPG written and designed by John Harper. All of our music by Sebastian Black. Our cover art is by Yoshiko Agresta. Your line balls for this trip were... The J-Man. Andrew Anderson, badge name Dunville, played by me, Hannah Levin. Adric, a.k.a. Drinks. Badge name Colburn. Played by me, Stefan Lewis. Pippin Pip McKeel. Badge name McKeel. Played by me, Guys Webel. And I have been your conductor, Greg Corobus. For bonus content, as well as behind the scenes, become a patron of the Faustian Nonsense Patreon. Your support will help our podcast, as well as the others on the network. And in lieu of monetary support, a review on your favorite podcatcher will help Ghosts on a Train maintain visibility. If you have any questions about the Pride of Duskwall or additions to suggest for the train, please email them to ghosttrainpod at gmail.com or contact us on Twitter at ghosts underscore train and I'll have Candace bring them to the line bowls thank you for riding with us and please consider traveling with us again next time uh, and I, I, have, I, have, I have a selfish request I have a selfish request <laughs> no, um, no uh, don't do that Hannah asked me uh-huh. to not embarrass her in front um, so we had a we had, in the beginning we thought it would be a really funny bit to call John Harper J-Dog or the J-Man even though we didn't know him <laughs> your name also is also J could I could, 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 we, could we call you the J-Man once the J Man. The J Man. <laughs> um, uh, I, 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 I will allow this. I will allow this. Okay, okay. I begged him not Thank to. Thank you so much for listening to this very Greg, special why would you do this? episode of Ghosts on a Train where we did uh, world building with the J Man, James DeMond. <laughs> I love you, Greg. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm Ugh. so sorry. It's like genuinely, I'm so Ugh. sorry. Oh, I've gotten over all my nervousness from the beginning, oh and I'm just God. like, I'm just <laughs> perfect. Perfect. This program was brought to you by a network of dedicated artists with creative souls, just like just like yours, 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 yours. yours. Faustian nonsense. Yours. Thanks yours. you for yours. your patronage. Yeah. Just like yours. <laughs>